0: Patty, today we have episode 135 with Tyler Tashiro. Tyler is an incredible young entrepreneur. Uh, He's in the Invisible Empire, and that's where I met Tyler. Invisible Invisible Empire is an online university. Uh, It's basically it's an it's how to build your online business with a, with an infrastructure, click by click. And that's cool. Yeah. And Tyler really drops the knowledge on this one. I mean, he is so, so I mean, he's a young dude and he is so smart and so like just giving value. That's what he's all about. Tyler is all about giving value. And that's, what's so important about uh, this episode.
1: Yeah, well, and then it's really translatable um, to what it is that you do and how you met him, right? So you're kind of in that environment of learning and applying this new way of uh, having a business where you're bringing everything online, which you and I are huge proponents of. So Tyler talks about kind of the habits, the um, just the he's so ambitious, just like you said, um, and so what that means for the listener is how do you take these habits and apply it to your own business where you're working online so and if you're interested um by the way guys if you're interested in finding out more you can go to bossreesociety.com and then check on work with tim um, and then you're going to find out more about that so super intriguing um, i love the episode with tyler trishiro you're going to grab a lot of good knowledge so don't miss it make sure to stay till the end because uh it is a great okay. show
2: Your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wombach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included.
0: Patty, we're back in the studio with another entrepreneur to bring to our guests. Today we have Tyler Toshiro. He's a 22 year old entrepreneur, internet info marketer, and fellow podcaster. He has co founded two startups Limitless the world's first gamified educational platform for entrepreneurs, and Invisible Empire, a gamified marketing university. He also hosts a top-ranking business podcast called The Rising Entrepreneur, in which he interviews the next generation of leadership in the marketplace today. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Tyler Toshiro. Tyler, welcome.
3: Thank you guys for having me on. Tim, you have a radio voice. I like it.
0: Thank you. I try. That's, Isn't you know, it powerful?
1: I, it's,
3: it it's, is.
0: That's what I bring to the podcast. And then it's not- drawing the end.
1: He's like, I'm oddly attracted to you right now, Tim. That's what Tyler's thinking.
3: Yeah, <laughs> the, I'm uh, the one with the shirt off. The, the,
1: the, the,
0: first, the first question I have for you, for, for our listeners, is what is the, a gamified experience for, for learning? What exactly does that bring to the table?
3: Uh, I believe gamification is the future. So my mentor, uh, Mark Overson, you guys know of him. Um, is the leading person in this field in regards to educational platforms in the world. At least in, our, in my opinion, I've met, never met anyone that's further along the road, and he's had multiple big figures in different industries reach out to him for his insight because of what we've done with Limitless. Now, I think gamification is important because traditional education is pretty boring in the sense that it's like sit down, read a book, sit down, watch a course, sit down, all your attention is here. And the issue with that is most of the time there's no real application factor to the learning. So if you're a college student, you're sitting down for 90 minutes in a classroom and you're learning what the teacher has to, uh, to say, the professor has to say, and you do that for about 90 days and then take a final. And uh, in my opinion, the reason why that is not the best form of education is because at the end of it, your application is really just regurgitating information instead of applying it into your life. And so what we've done with Limitless and uh, with Invisible Empire is we've gamified all the systems so that you literally can't get to the next step without taking action. Because let's face it, if people – I mean the more you know – it's not the more you know, the more you grow. It's the more you apply, the more you grow. And Absolutely. so our, our, our platforms are geared to completely immerse the user inside an, an, an environment that's forcing them to grow.
1: So is this a situation where you can apply it to really any industry? And is that really, in your opinion, the difference between a successful, let's say I want to launch a product or whatever as an entrepreneur, right? There's knowledge I have in my head. So you're saying there's a way higher probability that the product launch is successful in terms of content that's actionable?
3: Yeah, 100%. I think that... Uh, what separates our content with other other content online. And mind you, I've personally invested thousands of dollars in other content. I'm a big believer in buying uh, other people's content as well because this is not the only way to do it. And so I'm still buying... Like Last week, I bought Funnel University from Russell Brunson. And uh, the week before that, a, a load of books. And it's not like I don't do other things. It's just that I think that a lot of these things out there are missing the actionable steps behind the great information. And so you can learn as much as you want through a book or through a course. But at the end of the day, if you don't apply it, you're not, you're not moving forward, right? Because someone I've met, I mean, and you guys as well, we've met tons of people who have read all the books, they've done all the courses, they've invested all the money. But when it comes to action taking, that's where they lack. And the results don't, they, they don't reflect what you know, they reflect what you do.
0: That, that, that's powerful right yeah. there and that's that it's so true that because I remember when my early 20s I was a big believer in in you know reading the books and listening to the tapes but I wasn't so good at taking the action so I had all this knowledge but I, I didn't take a lot of action and and that I didn't produce a lot of results so it was kind of this thing that it was uh, I th- I thought I kind of I seduced myself thinking that I was doing the right thing by listening to the audio cassettes and and by reading the books, but without taking the action, I, I was just, I was just fooling myself.
3: Yeah, I think I've been there as well. I definitely have. I mean, I think for the first few years, I was so caught up in reading books and going through courses that I didn't, you know, I forgot to take the action. And no one came up to me and said, "Hey, like, you you need to actually apply this stuff to move forward." I felt like, "Wow, I have a tough day at work, and I have a tough day, at, you know, in the office today because I have all these courses to go through, I have all these books to catch up with, and I didn't make any progress. Like, I learned a lot of information, but nothing was changing." And so my mantra for the last year or so here uh, has been 90% action taking, 10% learning. And really, I try to limit myself to 10 to 15 minutes a day with a book or a course. And the rest of the time is 100% action driven because I want to pick something up and use it as a tool as I'm already going rather than trying to use that as the thing that launches me.
1: That is awesome, wow, look at you. the action taker over here, okay, so then so take us through y- your background a little bit. Do you have a traditional educational background, meaning high school, college, and then some, or how did you how did you get into this space
3: so uh I went through high school and during high school I knew I wanted to do something with people. And so uh, I thought I was either going to become a police officer or do some kinesiology work because I love sports. I've grown up playing sports my entire life and so I wanted to stay in that niche. And so I went to a local community college with the plan of going there for a couple years and then transferring out to a bigger school like USC to finish up my education. And the first semester I had three classes. I had a history class that revolved history around the Middle East. I had another class that was a three hour long art class. And we didn't even get to paint or draw anything. We just had to learn about art. And then the third class was some kind of uh, some kind of math class, like business calculus or something like that. And I remember each day in each class, I was so bored and knew that this would have no application to the rest of my life. And I was, it was driving me nuts, right? So I was an 18-year-old sitting in class going insane because I wasn't actually learning something that would provide for my future. I was learning things that I was forced to be taught in quotes so that I would... In quotes, be more well rounded. So in quotes, my future would be better and my, my, my mind would expand. And, uh, one day I just got fed up with it. I remember I was sitting in my art class, which was three hours and 10 minutes long with a 10 minute break in between learning about stuff that I literally, I couldn't care less. I absolutely could not care less. I would rather watch paint dry and grass grow than be in that class. And, uh, I just remember sitting there thinking like, is, do I really want this? Like, do I love this? Or can I go apply myself elsewhere? And so the answer was I could apply myself elsewhere. I packed up my bags and left and never came back. And so that was halfway through my first semester of college. And uh, at that point, I was in a network marketing company not really taking it seriously and that's how how I got my start uh in entrepreneurship that's not really entrepreneurship that's like intrapreneurship you're a part of a company and you're doing you're like you're making your own money but it's not like you own the company and so I was doing that and uh I saw some good success in that in my first 11 months I built a team of like 850 reps uh, across the world in multiple different countries I was traveling uh with the CEO on his on his private jet opening up new centrals around the country like I was 18-year-old making like six to eight grand a month um, shortly after I left college. And I thought I was living the good life, but a couple things didn't reflect that. Number one, my lifestyle is 100% tied around having to be places, having to do meetings, having to build the team, et cetera. And number two, I had no idea what I was doing with my money. So even though I was making you know a decent amount of money, especially for an 18-year-old, in my opinion... Um, I had none of it to show. Like my bank account reflected someone that didn't even have a job because as soon as it's coming in, it was going out. And so I got linked up by the grace of God to Mark Hoverson. And, uh, one day Mark approached me and he's like, Hey, like I want to build, uh, this company with you. And, you know, I think it'd be best if you kind of. Edged your way out of this whole network marketing thing and focus with me full time. I'd love, you know, I'll take you in. You can mentor under me. We'll work together full time. And from there, I just, I literally that day, I decided to quit. I knew the vision was strong with Mark. I would do anything at that point to work with Mark because I knew that that would provide for a more educated future. That's actually the education that I wanted. I wanted to immerse myself with someone that's already the top of their, you know, at the top of their craft in their niche and learn from them. And so, That was April in April 2013. And so for the last three years, a little more than three years, I've been mentoring directly under Mark and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Excellent.
0: (laughs) So what would you say, how would you define what an entrepreneur is?
3: I define an entrepreneur as number one. You have to do your own stuff. So, like, if you're working for a company, that's not really entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you could be work you could be working for a company and doing really great things with them, but at the end of the day, you can't technically call yourself an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur who is someone who starts their own business, right? By definition. And so, I think number one, you have to start your own business, whether that be a podcast, whether that be a product whether that be info marketing, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to start your own business. And uh, that's truly at the end of the day, I, I define it by the dictionary definition. You own your own stuff.
1: Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> so in terms of the, in terms of the, just that that moment where things transition for you, it sounds like the mentorship of somebody had been there was a critical piece to the success that you're finding. So how critical is that? And is there an investment associated with it? I ask because there's people that are listening to this that are in a corporate environment, let's say, and they're looking to transition out. So what would be the top three things that they can do to, to forge ahead into really what is entrepreneurship like you're talking about?
3: It's a great question. I would say the first thing is is to find a mentor, like you're saying. So you want to be able to learn from someone as top niche in their craft as you can. So whatever you're looking to go do, you want to learn from the best people that you can find in that space. Now, you don't necessarily need to learn from number one in the world. You can learn from number 50 in the world. And that person is still doing amazing things, living life on their own terms, and regarded as one of the best in the world at that craft, right? Whether that be starting a vacuuming business or info marketing. And so I would number one, find a mentor, Number two, I would apply and listen to every single thing that the mentor says. So disengage from your ego, uh, put your ego aside and really indulge in what your mentor has to say because a lot of the times it's not good, right? You're finding a mentor not because you're perfect. It's because there are a lot of imperfections that you're looking to hone in on and get better at. And so... If it is a good mentor like Mark, get ready to get rebuked 24 seven. Get ready to, uh, to, to share a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, a lot of everything with this person. And, uh, I'd say. So that's number one. Number one, find a mentor. Number two, get disengaged from your ego and listen to everything that they say. And number three, apply, 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 apply. Because the more you do, I mean, it's funny because people think a lot of, a lot of the time that this is luck and, you know, it's the right place, right time, right people, which some of it is granted, but most of it is just hard work and tenacity. And uh, tenacity will get you through most things that, uh, you, you know, people can be smarter than you. People can be set up in better positions than you. People can be whatever better looking than you, but at the end of the day, tenacity and the will to keep going forward when things get hard will push you past every single barrier that you need to get past. Mm-hmm.
0: Preach, Church, stop. <laughs> so Tyler, uh, what, how would you describe what you do and how you add value?
3: I am a podcaster, I am an info marketer, and I am an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur and so, how I would describe that is i'm I'm just putting myself in the position to give as much content to the world as possible, and I know that if I continue to give, give, give as long as I have things for people to buy, reciprocity works in amazing ways, and so that's kind of uh, how i just I explain things to people
1: well, that's great, so then in terms of this um you know the relationship you have with Mark. It's been clearly crucial like I guess what are the things that that he taught you that were really huge aha moments for you that you're like holy crap I've been doing it wrong all this time and and really like you said I think the first thing is putting your ego aside that's the one thing that particular right that that keeps people stuck or like I know that I have an MBA or I went to blah 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 school and so somebody that's transitioning how what are the critical things that 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 you having gone through them were like really pivotal
3: gosh i could we could do a whole episode just based on these, so I'm just going to name a couple a couple yeah. that come off the top of my head. Number one, hard work will get you out of most situations that you're scared of, and so no matter what situation you're in, you can usually work your way out of it. Just putting your head down and working hard. Right. So, to give you an example of that, as I was leaving my previous company, there was a lawsuit put against me. Mind you, I'm 19 years old at this time. And because I had some influential power in the company, I was the top, I was like 24th in all the income earners in the whole company. Um, And my name was publicly used as like a testimonial a lot, et cetera, et cetera. I was put into a lawsuit by the CEO and uh, it was was a really bad situation. At a night, you know, I was a 19 year old who didn't have much money to his name, scared to death. Um, with a you know 250 million dollar CEO coming after you, it was intense. But Mark told me a couple things back then that completely changed my life in that moment because I thought I was like I'm done, like this is completely over. I have no idea what's going to happen moving forward here. You know, I was just so scared. And so he told me number one. 10 years from now, this is just going to be part of your story. So no matter what happens, whether this thing goes through or not, you're going to look back at this as a pivotal moment. And it it, it can either break you right now and break you down. You can go back to, quote unquote, the real world and get a normal job and do that. Or you can push through this and let this just be a a chapter in your book, right? And number two, he said, uh, you know, put your head down because hard work outworks everything else, right? So instead of worrying about what's going on, just put your head down. Let's build this thing and, uh, you know let's let's uh, put our focus into building energy instead of energy that eats us. And then the second thing that Mark taught me um, that comes to my mind here is never use, uh, just be very careful with your languaging. And so one of the things I've been working on recently is s- stop using the word just. So if people ask me what I'm doing, it's not just work because my work is a lot more important than just work, right? If people ask me, you know, well, while I'm in the gym, what am I doing? And it's not just working out because my bo- I care about my body intensely, right? And so it's not just working out. And so refraining from using words that take away from the true meaning of what you're trying to portray is huge because language is, is uh, I mean, our word is everything, right? And so being true to what we're saying is uh, is huge. And so those are the top two things off the top of my head here. On top of okay, here's a bonus number three. Now, oh, now that bonus. I just thought about the, it.
0: The bonus is always that's always the uh the meal the meal ticket.
3: Right. <laughs> uh the bonus is money doesn't make you happy. Money doesn't make you better. And if you wait until you quote unquote have money to get better, you're never going to get better. Money only amplifies your current character. So if you are struggling financially right now and uh, you're just living paycheck to paycheck, but you're greedy and you're selfish and you're just uh, self-centered, I promise you, if you make $10 million next year, you're going to be the exact same person with more money. That's it. And right now, if you're struggling living paycheck to paycheck, but you're giving and and you're mindful and you care about, the people around you having money is only going to amplify that and you're only going to be be able to bless more and more people because of it and so money amplifies character it does not add to Mm it
0: absolutely yeah i i jack canfield i I went to one of his uh conferences way back when and that's exactly what what he said and and he he used a little more colorful language and you know he said if if you're an asshole without money you're going to be even a bigger asshole with money
1: (laughs) pretty much
3: I didn't know I could curse on this thing, so oh, that's yeah, why you, I didn't say that.
1: Yeah, yeah we can, uh,
0: we can, we can, we can go in the, in the direction a little bit that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim Esque,
0: yeah. So, do you do you have a moment that you, um, you know, let me ask this one: what what what's the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur?
3: Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think there's anything hard. You know what I think is hard? Working a nine to five for someone that you don't want to work for. What I think is hard is having to show up at a place that you don't want to be, and hours that you don't want to be there, having someone tell you when you can take vacation with your family and your friends. I think entrepreneurship is the easiest route in my opinion. Although, I mean, it's, it's inescapable exertion, right? So no matter what you do in your life, unless you're a trust fund baby, you're going to have to exert in one way or another. So why not exert into your passions rather than exerting into someone else's passions, right? Someone's else, someone else's business and vision. And so I don't think entrepreneurship is hard. Um obviously there are hardships that come with everything, you know. I think the the average person that's not in the game is so scared of the game that's why they're not in it, right? Mm-hmm. So people look in from the outside and they go, "Yo, my gosh, formulating an LLC, that sounds like it's so tough." But little do they know it's you can get it through LegalZoom for under $200, you know? And they they look at things like, "Oh my gosh, like recording an info product and putting it out there on a website." Little do they know like All you have to do is press record on Camtasia, upload it to Wistia and you can put it on any platform that you want. You know what I mean? And so they view it from the outside as something that's so tough. Little do they know, you know, I view their their lives as something tough because they're having to work for someone and they don't believe in the vision where they work at, right? They could care less about the company as long as they get paid, right? They, They could care less about their hours as long as they get paid. And so I think the tough part um, is not within entrepreneurship, but it's within doing things that you actually aren't passionate about. Getting your yourself up and ready in the morning to go do something that you actually don't care about.
1: So true.
3: Yeah, that's, that's huge.
1: So do you come from a background of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in your family?
3: Uh, kind of. I mean, okay, so... Back in like 2006, 2007, maybe 2005, 2006, 2007, my mom started a business in the golf industry and uh, they were doing really well. Uh, it, it was called Mark, and what would happen is they would have all the top companies like Titleist, Callaway, uh, Etc. Give them golf clubs, and they would host giant events at golf courses where they would rank these golf clubs from like one to ten, and it would be an honest user review for the public. So these companies could use these reviews when they launch their product, right? And so we get all the top of the line products in. Um, I, I played so a couple sports that I played growing up were basketball, golf, and I've done Muay Thai and kickboxing for like six years. And so I was I was a golfer in high school. And so I had all the coolest stuff growing up because my, my mom would get tons and tons and tons of these products in. And it'd be like a Roger Dunn golf store inside my garage. And I'd just yeah. go in and pick it out and be able to use whatever I want. Um, and then the economy crashed in 2008 and uh, nothing's been the same since. Hmm. And so, uh, yes, kind of, there's like an entrepreneurial spirit that I feel like is within my DNA at some level. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also a spirit that I've had to break of being scared of going for it because I watched 2008 happen. I watched my family have to move like seven times in two mm. years because of you know different financial situations. Like I've been through all of that. And so there's an entrepreneurial DNA that I do have. And uh, on the flip side of that, like I said, there, there are, uh, I guess, ghosts in the past that I had to break away from and, uh, you, you know, I think that's that's what's helped me get a full perspective on, on everything. I've been on both sides.
1: Man, I appreciate that so much because it's the whole fear of failure that really just stops people. And if I could just ask another question to that point. Um, so how do, you, how do you approach a potential project or potential engagement, whether it's with a client project or something that you're rolling out? Do you just go for it? Or is there a certain set of criteria that mentally or in your gut you kind of check to say, yep. I'm going to go for this
3: one. Yeah. You know, I think the main thing is, is do I believe in the big vision? Do I see this thing being around 10, 20, 30 years from now? Uh, I try not to be a short-term player at all. So everything that I do, I want to do for 10, 20, and 30 years away from today, this moment, for the most part. I'm not saying I don't do things, you know, occasionally for the money that it could do. It could happen right now, which I do. But most of my projects, 90... Five percent of everything that I do is for futuristic things, and so that's what I check off first: is do I align with it? And you know, ten years from now, will I look back and look at it as something that I'm grateful that I did, or something that I regret doing? And so, everything that I try to do is a long term plan. The second thing is is I would say most of my projects that I work on today are with Mark, but I do have a couple of projects outside of it, like the podcast, like my, like my info products, um, and the, like the coaching that I do and so in regards to those types of things i ask myself the same questions but at the same time you know if i if i, if I know for a fact i could help someone and it's not going to take a lot of time out of my day and it's not going to be the the main thing is the time commitment right because i'd rather put all of my time into building things that are going to last for 10 years rather than doing like a coaching call once a week for the next month for X amount of dollars. Right. Yeah. And so I try to do all my plays long term. But of course, if, if a good short term opportunity happens, and I know I can give that 10x value to the client for whatever they're paying me, uh, I will do that as well.
0: That's good. So can you tell us a bit more about your podcast, The Rising Entrepreneur? It sounds like uh, you guys have gotten a lot of success and you've had a lot of impact in a short period of time.
3: Sure. Yeah, we've been live for uh, just over six months now. Uh, this month will be our seventh month, and so we started this back in November, early November. That's when we launched. I think it was like November third, and uh, it's been a crazy fun ride ever since. I mean, Boomer and I launched it, saying to ourselves, number one, if this thing, let's give it sixty days not to make money because we know podcasting is a long-term money-making vehicle. So it's not like podcasting is a massive percentage of my income. It's a pretty small portion right now. But we, under, we we're going for the long-term play here, right? Tim Ferriss just sent an email out a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, uh, but I definitely recommend reading it. And he was talking about how you can play lo- podcasting long-term and how basically he doesn't recommend if you're do- if you're going for a long-term podcast, he doesn't recommend reaching out or accepting really any advertisers till you're at 100K downloads an episode. And so Boomer and I knowing that are playing this thing as a long-term game and that's why we created the info product as well so we could help people get their podcasts launched because it did take us a few hundred hours to master the system. We got number three in the world, New and Noteworthy, when we launched. We hit number 73 in the world um, in total business podcasts. And last time I checked, there there's nearing, a co- I mean sorry, a half a million podcasts out there in the world. and so. It's been a fun journey. It's been a really 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 good thing to learn from in regards to the launch of the podcast, the launch of the info product, etc. And then I would say on top of that, it's really helped me get more inquisitive, get better at question asking, right? Because usually I'm on the flip side of this. I'm not the one answering the questions, right. I'm the one doing what you guys are doing and just trying to dig as deep as possible. And so, just to throw a little tidbit of value in here, Tim, you might have heard me say this at uh, at the live event a few weeks ago. But podcasting as an interviewer is you have to be a drill, right? And so if you view your guest as like the earth and what they're actually passionate about is at their core, mm. it, it, they're hot at their core, right? But if you only ask surface level questions, you're not going to get that core answer from them. That's why I appreciate you guys' good questions. It's because you guys are getting me passionate here about <laughs> what I actually care about. And you're yeah. getting to the actual core here, right? Yeah, And so... What, what people like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and all these big podcasters are so excellent at is they're really good at getting to that core. So instead of asking 50 questions that are at the surface and you're just getting a surface-level answer from your guest, you're asking a, you know less questions but more of a core question that's going to get your guest fired up and you're actually diving into what they care about.
0: That's so simple. here we go, Tyler. A- as a podcaster, here I'm gonna kinda, this is going to be kind of a, a weird question, but what question would you ask yourself?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Oh my wow. God, Tim, that's
3: meta. You like that? Boom, that's boom. Meta. That's
1: meta.
3: <laughs> that is meta. That's mm. meta. I would ask myself continuously, are you truly happy right now? And what can you do to amplify that happiness? Um, because, I, I, and I try to ask myself, and that's another thing from Mark, and it's just I, I continuously ask myself, am I happy with what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes most of the time but if ever there's like a hint of a doubt I just try to disengage from whatever that is mm-hmm. you know and then the second thing is that I've been doing more recently is I feel like especially as an entrepreneur because we have the you know some stresses that people that aren't in the business world they just don't have because we have responsibility over over teammates employees etc what happens is is Sometimes we get disengaged from how lucky we truly are, right with running our own business, being able to live a lifestyle that we desire, et etc, and sometimes I find myself getting into kind of a a funky mood for a little while because something goes you know quote unquote wrong or it's just not going exactly the way you know I've envisioned it, which really what does um and so I have to realign with myself and go like, dude, come on. Today, what do you get to do? You get to wake up. You get to do a few hours of work with some of your best friends who are your business partners. You got to go to the gym for a few hours. Now you're coming back and hopping on another podcast. Like, what's wrong? Nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So getting realigned with that is, uh has been super <laughs> core with me. But to answer your question is, is am I really happy? It's something that I that I ask myself a few times a day just to make sure that I'm super aligned with what I'm doing.
1: You're so smart. You're so smart. Okay, we always ask people that, okay, what would you tell, you know, every now and then we'll ask somebody, what would you tell your 18 year old self, you know, if you could look back. But for you, I like what you said about things being a long term play. So where are you in 10 years? Or as you're looking at your life, your future casting, what your life is going to look like in 10 years? Can you paint that picture
3: for us? Sure, I can do the best that I can. Um, because I guarantee you whatever I say we look back at this ten years from now, it's not anything like what I'm what I'm about to say. It'll be kinda so,
1: cool though, because it'll be in the time capsule, you know?
3: Right. Exactly, exactly. Um so I would say ten years from now, I'm almost doing exactly what I do every single day, but at a bigger scale, right? So the podcast is booming. We wanna have the number one business podcast in the world. That's our goal. Um and so the podcast is booming. We're traveling a lot. Um and th- the main thing is, is in 10 years from now, I want to I want to sit down wherever I'm at, whether that be a beach somewhere or my office somewhere, and I want to ask myself like am I truly happy? And I want my answer to be I could not be happier. Like yeah. there's nothing that I can think of that would make me more happy in this moment. Love it. That's a pretty that's a pretty powerful answer.
1: It is and it's so pure, you know, it's so real. And I, I like that it doesn't ha- it's not tied to money because the money comes, you know. But the fact that you innately and in your truest self are happy, that's like, I mean, that's truly the ultimate. So it's awesome.
3: Yeah, I think I think you hit a really key point there. The money is not something that's going to make you more happy. And so if you ask some people this question, they're going to say, well, in 10 years from now, I'd like to be making 10K a month so that I could do X, Y, Z. But uh, in reality the money is not going to make you happy. Like it's up to you to find that happiness in what you do. And, you know, you can be working 80 hours a week doing something that you love and be the happiest you've ever been. And on the contrast of that, you could be working 20 hours a week doing something that you hate Mm -hmm. and be making the same amount of money and your happiness is way lessened. And so I try to not let money be any real factor and dictator on, uh, on happiness in general or what I do.
1: So I have a a question. Sorry, Tim, I have to know this. what, Are are your your top three values, Tyler?
3: What do you mean by top three values? Your
1: personal values. The way that you live your life. The values. Okay,
3: right. I'd say the top three values that I live by or do my best to live by are number one, integrity. So I'd say that uh, like, it, like we were saying before, like your word is everything. I think keeping a high level of integrity, um, and being known as the guy within, you know, for my clients, my friends, my family members, I want to be known as the guy that no matter what, if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it and I will do it on time and I will over deliver every single time that I do it. And so integrity, number one, hard work, number two, um, I've gotten that. I'd say that that's a really good. Uh, thing that I've inherited, um, luckily from my mom and my dad. and uh, I think just the ability to work hard and not complain and put in you know the long days when they need to be put in. Uh, I think that's number two. And number three is uh, is balance. I think that balance in in my life is playing a big key as to why I'm able to be productive, but at the same time, Able to have a life with my girlfriend. Able to have my a life with my family. You know, a life with my friends. Being able to play basketball a few times a week. Do kickboxing a few times a week. Weightlift a few times a week. Like just that balance is uh, is super key because uh, I think Mark put it best. And gosh, I'm referencing Mark so much. You might you might as well be uh, interviewing he needs to Mark just come
0: here. on our show. Like, yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to get Mark on.
3: Yeah, it'd be a good <laughs> guest for you guys. Um, but balance. So Mark said on our podcast a few weeks ago. I want to live my life and make every single day a daily masterpiece. So if today is my last day on earth, why on earth would I spend all day working? Right? Why, wouldn't I, well, why wouldn't I spend a section of my time with my family? Why wouldn't I you know, have fun, smoke a cigar, laugh, cry, like do all these things that are really integral to a well-rounded day? Why would I just spend all day working? Right? And so I think uh, making my day a masterpiece or as much of a masterpiece as I can on the daily is, uh, is number three.
1: Beautiful.
0: Those What's up awesome. what is a book that people should read?
3: I think there are plenty of books people should read. <laughs> um
0: I know I'm I'm asking for just give me give me one or two that you think that are again this is where an
1: unconventional you know, like, book too. I mean yeah, everyone it, says Napoleon Hill and Tony right. Mitch,
3: uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not gonna give you guys a conventional book. I'm actually looking at uh at my bookshelf as we speak here. Okay, so the first book Right off the top of my head. And maybe if you asked me this tomorrow, it'd be different. But the first book I'm thinking of right now is Extreme Ownership by Jocko yeah. Willink. Yeah, uh, That's a great read. He is an ex-Special uh, Forces, Navy I believe a Navy SEAL. Navy. And uh, he shares about taking ownership in every aspect of your life. And so I think that's powerful because a lot of what we do and a lot of the circumstances that happen to us or happen you know, for us or with us, are due to past actions, right? Whether that be something we did yesterday, today, or 10 years ago. Like everything's in a big way, accumulation of what's going on. And then... I would also say that uh, I, I really do enjoy reading things like No Easy Day by Mark Owen, and that's that's a book about uh, na- you know the firsthand account of uh, the mission in which Navy SEALs went and uh, killed Osama bin Laden. So I try to keep my reading spread out. So it's not only business books. I also like reading fiction. I like reading um, nonfiction that has nothing to do with business. So. Those are the two books I recommend today. It's weird that they're both like Navy SEAL things, but uh, okay. And here's a bonus third book. You got if you guys want to get into good, <laughs> he's such an guys, internet marketer. <laughs> yeah, you guys can hear it coming. It's it's hard for me not to do. But <laughs> you can't turn it off. If you guys, if you guys, uh, guys want to. Read a book that's really, really awesome with a bunch of amazing principles to get in a better shape. Search Living Lean by uh, Mike Dolce, the creator of The Dolce Diet. He's a coach to over 80 UFC athletes today wow. and regarded as the number one athletic coach uh, in that niche in the world uh, for the last three years. And so I buy all of his products and oh, that's his cool. main book. It's like $35, 40 on Amazon and a great read.
1: Nice. I'm going to pick that one up. That sounds really interesting.
0: it about like a lot of… Is that what he um, used to He's a MMA? Uh, yeah, told? so
3: h- his life story is pretty cool. Basically, he, he did powerlifting from the age of like when he was young all the way up into, I believe, his mid-20s. And he got up to like 280, 300 pounds lifting like an 800 or 900-pound squat, oh, um, just an absolute monster. And then he realized what he was doing was completely unhealthy. He's eating boxes of pizza at night just to get calories in because he's, you know what I mean? And so he transitioned from there and in like 18 months or a year-ish, somewhere in that time frame, he dropped all the way down to 170 pounds to fight in the IFL, the International Fight League. And he has the record for the fastest knockout um to date in that weight class. And so he went from 280 pounds to 170 pounds in like eight, 7 8% body fat. And then now today he walks around at like 220 pounds at like 8% body fat. He's absolutely monstrous and uh, one of my idols when it comes to uh, just the science behind working out, eating well. And uh, he, he's the best out there in my opinion.
0: Outstanding. Well, is it is it that
3: time, Patty? It is.
1: It is. Man, that flew, honestly, that flew by.
3: Yeah, that was a quick that was a quick
1: Tyler's like a machine, man. He's a shirt (laughs) he's a shirtless machine.
3: (laughs) Hey, I'm excited to be here, guys. You guys got me fired up. Look
1: at it. He's like, I'm going to go. I'm gonna put in another ten hours into my enterprise, you know? That's amazing.
0: Uh Tyler, what sage advice can you offer our Boss Free Society listeners? Something that they can do in the next 24, 48 hours that can move their business forward.
3: I would say get really clear on what activities produce you income and what activities are just things that you're doing to feel like you're getting stuff done. Clarify between the lines, uh, because sometimes they can get blurred, right? So clarify the line that separates what is actually moving your business forward and the tasks that you do to feel busy. Nice.
1: And how can people get in touch with you, Tyler, to find out more about your podcast and the mastery of everything you're putting together? Because you sound like you are a person of high integrity and definitely somebody to model.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you guys could just reach out to me at trepodcast.com. dot com. It's t r e podcast dot com, and from there you can connect with myself and my partner via social media, etc. I answer all Facebook, Instagram, t- Twitter, everything. So yeah. reach out
1: beautiful Tyler awesome. Tashiro thank you so much for being on our show it has been quite an honor you're really impressive and I mean it's it, it'll be cool I'm telling you in 10 years we'll look back be like remember we, we had that badass mogul Tyler <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <what a> <laughs> I remember he was on our show and was talking about what he was creating yeah I appreciate like, you guys yeah, a ton alright thank you Ty. Next time.
3: thank
2: you guys thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society Podcast if you want more Connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society Fan Page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.